Hello everyone and welcome to the Wildscast. Today's episode is a rebroadcast of a special Facebook Live event. It was a panel discussion about dating in the age of Corona. The panelists included Rabbi Wilds, matchmaker Brooke Wise, and Sayuat Sinai founder Mark Goldman. So, without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Manhattan Jewish Experience Facebook Live event. Uh, it's called Love is Blind, but we are all here and we can all see each other. Uh, and we're going to be talking all things dating in the age of Corona. So want to welcome everyone. Uh, we'll give everybody a minute or two just to, just to log on and we'll introduce everybody. Um, this is an open panel. So if you have questions for the dating experts, uh, please submit them in the questions in the comment section and we will try to get to as many as we can. Hold on one second. Let me turn that off. Okay, so I want to introduce uh, my co-panelists for tonight. I'm Benjamin Cohen, the moderator for the evening. You may know my older, wiser brother, Rabbi Ezra Cohen of the Manhattan Jewish Experience. Uh, joining us tonight is uh, Mark Goldman. Uh, you may know him by his uh, business that he runs, and that is he is the creator of SawYouAtSinai.com, which is a uh, Jewish dating website. Um, and he, uh, prior to that, he worked on Wall Street uh, for over a decade. And while racing on the ski team at Columbia University, he inadvertently became a matchmaker when two couples met on one of his trips and they later got married. So this is kind of in in his DNA. And Mark right now is uh, married and living in New York and he has four children. And he was just telling me before we got on that his wife is a uh, healthcare professional on the front line. So we wanna thank her for her, for her work during, this, uh, during, this, during these interesting and strange and surreal times. Uh, so that's Mark Goldman. We'll refer to him as Mark with a C because we have two Marks on the panel tonight. Uh, next we have uh, Brooke Wise, who's joining us from Florida tonight. She is a professional matchmaker. Um, and she, hold on one second, I lost my place. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she spent time also on Wall Street and decided to leave that behind and, and uh, help people connect in a more meaningful way. And her company is called Wise Matchmaking. Uh, you can uh, go there if you wanna get connected with her. And she is a, a ma professional matchmaker who works in uh, New York and Florida and all over. And she's married and has two children. So Brooke, welcome to the show. And finally, Mark with a K, Rabbi Mark <laughs> Wilds, needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. Uh, he's the founder and director of the Manhattan Jewish Experience. And in addition to being a rabbi, he also has a master's in international affairs and he went to law school. So he kind of uh, puts us all to shame <laughs> with the multiple degrees. Uh, he's the author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Instant, and host of the popular new podcast called The Wilds Cast. You should check that out. And he lives with his wife, Jill, and their four children in New York City. So once again, this is an open panel discussion. If you have questions you want to ask, just feel free to submit them in the comments, and we will try to get to, to, get to as many as we can. Um, first off, I just wanted to throw a, kind of a generic question out to the panel. Anyone's welcome to answer this. Um, 
How has matchmaking and dating changed in the age of Corona? Who wants to take that one first? Sure. Um, sure. Yes, I'll go first from the, I mean, Mark is in the, in the app. I mean, not app on the website and on the internet, in the internet world, you know, I'm a, I, I set people up one-on-one. -on -one. So obviously when this happened, um, you know, you can't meet somebody at a bar, you can't go to a restaurant, uh, you know, you, you're wearing masks, you can't, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, how do you date? You know, it's, it was yeah. a shock. Um, and then I think when the dust settled a bit, people have been starving for human interaction. So I think, um, you know, people are, are, are social. They really, they don't want to be alone. So I think it's kind of, you know, obviously changed the way I, I work with people where, uh, you know, it's, it's not unheard of to do a Zoom date, a FaceTime date very early on. Um, I do think you can, you know, get to know people, but of course there are limitations. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely changed a lot, but I, I think that um, ultimately when this is over and people can meet, I think they're, they're going to run out and meet people. <laughs> I think they'll, they're, you know, I, I think where I'm in a good position is I am connecting people. They're connecting virtually. They're seeing if there's something there, they can really get to know somebody. Um, when you're on a zoom, you can see someone's apartment. You can see them. You could see them without all their makeup and, uh, you could see them a little bit more real. And, and if you do find that there is an attraction there, I think that that almost is stronger. So, and then it's kind of leading to old fashioned courting where you really have to get to know somebody and then see where it is when you, when you do meet face to face. So when uh, I guess the coronavirus first really hit and they obviously everyone started to hunker down, what we initially saw was people were, at least from, from a Soyuzani perspective, people were really withdrawing and deciding, I'll take a little bit of a break. And this happened before Passover. I think after a month later, between Purim and Passover, everything changed. People were already starting to get very antsy. People wanted to get back out there. And it was a very strong change to say, okay, I've taken my month, one month break. I've taken my time off to kind of recharge. I can't sit around and do nothing. And that, that was a clear change in, in mentality from I'll just wait this out to I cannot wait this out. I can't just sit around and do nothing. And a willingness to try things, whether it was a Zoom dating or other virtual ways of meeting somebody that they were not willing to try beforehand. I've seen many more people willing to try matchmakers, people that uh, were not willing to even consider that idea beforehand are now very willing to do that because they don't have the ability to go to a bar. They don't have the ability to meet somebody at a party or something else. So this becomes a very valid way of trying to meet in a way that they never considered before. In addition, what we have found is that when a time is serious, like it is now, it starts to change people's priorities and the way they're looking at the world. And somebody who might have been, I don't wanna say a player, but let's say not as serious, can all of a sudden change their whole outlook on life when they're sitting at home alone and realizing that they don't have anybody with them right now. And we've seen that as well. People that played around for a long time are now taking a different attitude towards going out there and dating today. 
Obviously, you can't meet someone face to face so easily. So Zoom is a very popular way that people are using. Uh, we we can discuss maybe a little bit later. We've we've used a lot of Zoom formats, whether it's group dating atmosphere or one-on-one -on -one dating atmosphere, to try to encourage people. But there already is a change in the way people are looking at things, and hopefully that will carry over to even to the time when people are starting to meet face to face again, of realizing kind of the seriousness of what goes on in the world and how quickly circumstances and people can change. Uh, so I'll just chime in as well. Thank you. First of all, I just want to thank you, Benjamin and Brooke and Mark for joining. Uh, it's really an honor to be able to have this conversation with you. Um, I'll pick up on Mark's last point. There was a breaking number of a record breaking number of engagements um, in the six months following 9-11. I remember this. And I used that back then to get more and more people from the MGE world, 20s and 30s, to be dating more seriously. Not to be dating, but to be dating more seriously uh, in terms of the approach. And I'm really hopeful that because when you have a crisis, it sometimes brings out the best and people get a little more serious about what they want out of life. The whole quarantining and being alone I think, uh, Brooke, you touched on this, how it's just people are just antsy and trying to be social. So MGE moved very, very quickly from in-person events to online. Our population is extremely comfortable with that, so we moved very, very fast. I want to give Binyamin and his brother, Rabbi Ezra, a big you know, pat on the back for helping with that. And I've been encouraging people. I said, just like we've had to change to a new normal, the dating world needs to change to a new normal. It's just... You know, if this thing went on for a month, then maybe people can just, you know, put their social lives on hold for a month. But it's over two months and it's going to be longer. And even when we get back to normal, it's going to be a new normal. And it's just unhealthy. I put out a blog recently where I talked about the Torah uh, perspective on being alone. It's not good for man to be alone. That goes, uh, th that still applies today. And I'm really encouraging Many of my students, I wrote a, a blog uh, called Give Zoom Dating a Chance, um, you know, and I said that whether two people can actually fall in love online remains to be seen, but it is a platform that enables two people to get to know each other and even to build a real relationship. I have one student, uh, I mentioned this in the blog, who um, met somebody during this period of time, is now calling her his girlfriend. Another young woman said to my wife um, that uh, the guy she got fixed up with got sent dinner in advance so that they could enjoy the Zoom date over dinner. <laughs> I just thought that was sweet. And I'm just trying to encourage more and more because my initial reaction was like people were like, done. They're not doing any socializing, not doing any dating. And it's just really unhealthy. So I wrote this, uh, this blog to really encourage people to date more. And I think like Brooke was mentioning, you know, we can go back to a little old fashioned kind of dating where we really get to know each other, not as quickly as we're always used to in a, a 20 minute, you know, drink in a bar, quick cup of coffee in Starbucks where we can actually get to know another person. There's no other distractions. I also said it's much cheaper than having to go out and buy somebody a drink even. Uh, and there's just a lot of advantages that we can work off of. And even if they're not as good, they're dumbed down. The dating is not as quality. We don't want to be wasting precious time. Are, are Zoom dates, can Zoom dates be as productive as in-person ones? Are, are they more productive since there's, like you were saying, Rabbi, like there's less distractions. You're not in a busy bar. What, what, what is your, anyone want to voice their opinion on that? 
I'll just I just meant one thing I mentioned also was that, you know, I think, look, not being able to be in the same room and seeing their body gestures and movements and and the way a person sort of, you know, is, you know, the vibe, if you will. On the other hand, the Zoom dates removes the pressure and the distraction that comes with physical or sexual intimacy that is unfortunately so expected these days. And the fact that physical contact is just not an option today, I feel, and I've spoken to couples who have agreed, it takes a little of the pressure off and it helps the couple focus on the deeper aspects of their personalities. And this can really help um, develop the kind of clarity that is often absent in relationships when physical contact is part of the whole equation. Um, so that, that's my feeling, at least one advantage besides the price um, of Zoom dating. I think to play, on that, yeah. play on that point, Rabbi, the, uh, the opportunity really to form that deeper bond and a genuine bond is definitely there because you don't have a choice. You can fall back on a sexual attraction and ability to feel that sexual charge over drinks that you cannot fall back on here. So if you get into a deeper, the only way to do it is by you know, discussing things that are meaningful or if not, it's gonna get very quiet on the call very quickly. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that to fall back on. And the opportunities that are put out there today, whether it's dating apps or just going out are very much focused, unfortunately, too often on the uh, physical attraction at times, and uh, that can lead to confusing results. Confusing results if they don't know which direction they want the relationship to go in, and they're not on the same page. Here, everyone's on the same page. No one's going to expect something at the end of the date that maybe the other person was not willing to participate in. Here, it's you're getting to know somebody. If that becomes a more serious relationship, well, that you're gonna be able to start telling by having that conversation. And there was a little comment that was put up there. I don't see who, who said it, but uh, how do you make it less like a interview? Well, w whenever you go out, and in some ways you are in fact interviewing somebody, you're doing it in more natural social way, but you are in fact doing that. So when you're trying to do it on Skype, whether you're going ahead and or Zoom or anything else that might be, uh, you should go ahead and try to make it as a relaxed environment as possible by having a glass of wine next to you. If you're used to going out to a bar to have a drink, so have a glass of wine. Each of you want to have a white wine, want to have a red wine. You can use that as a discussion. Who likes that better? Who's something else? So use other uh, crutches to allow you to feel a little more comfortable and a little bit better uh, the way you would normally date as well. But it's not going to be the same. But you do have an opportunity to force yourself to get to know somebody on a deeper level than you would have otherwise, and rather than falling back on the crutch of a of physical attraction. Brooke, did you want to add anything to that? If if not, I have a follow-up oh, question for you. I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go so for it. I would add that you know the positives are you don't have to worry about picking the wrong spot to go, the wrong bar. It's too mm -hmm. loud. You can hear her. Um, there's, there really aren't many distractions, uh, which is good and bad, um, but you don't have to worry so much about the awkward hug hello, like that's not in there anymore. Um, so there are, there are some benefits. You can be more comfortable, like, yes, you have to still, you know, it is, 
I hate when people ask, but it was a question and it is an interview. It is an audition. You do want to put your best foot forward just because it is a zoom. Doesn't mean you should be in your sweats and your athleisure, unless it's really nice athleisure, I guess, but you know, you still put forth the effort. And so I do like the idea of order. Like I had somebody who told me that one of my clients on their second zoom date ordered her Italian food, ordered her champagne and, and really made it special and, and made it like a date and, and was creative and thoughtful. And I think those, you know, that goes, you know, a long way in this, but I think you do still want to make an effort, even though you're in your apartment. And, um, but, you know, I think, I think everyone's trying to adapt and make changes because, you know, the, we have to, you still have to meet somebody. You can't be, uh, you know, you know, I think it's great that it was, it was a short time where people where the rabbi said they, they were like, I'm done. Like I have to, you know, figure out a way because, um, because it just, it's very depressing to be alone and single. And, and I always talked about, Looks like we lost her. Uh, hopefully she'll hopefully she'll jump right back in. Um, can you guys still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Mark and Mark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, hopefully uh, uh, Brooke will rejoin us. Uh, I, I have a question. Um, actually, Benjamin, I'll just yeah. jump right in. Just something Brooke was. I was going to comment on something Brooke just yeah. said. You know the the Jewish idea. It's called in Hebrew hachana of preparation. I've always said this to particularly guys over the years which is that don't just show up on a date, this is before Corona, without, you know, doing a little preparation. You know, if, if things flow too easily, oh, is she coming back? Yeah, she's coming back. Okay, great. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's back. okay. <laughs> That's that part of Zoom. That could happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens with a live. Um, no, Brooke, I was just saying, yeah. on just I was just jumping on something that you had mentioned you know, the Hebrew word for, you know, doing prep, hachana, mm -hmm. is such an important area when it comes to dating. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I pointed this out in my blog also, that um, to the degree that people can really invest something, because there's so little investment. And I feel like the, more, the, the less investment, the less we're going to be, you know, excited about it. And um, that's why the examples you gave of, of sending something in advance or, Whatever you can do to, to make it like a special hour, um, I think will just up the ante a little and, and, and formalize the experience. So it just won't be because a lot of my students, a lot of people are just sort of waking up late and just flow, flowing into one part of their day from the next. Even if they're working at home, it's just one big blah. And then the date just becomes another part of the, the blah, if you will. Um, right. So I'm just, I'm just suggesting to our viewers um, that the more you put into something in advance, the more, you know, hopefully something can come out. Brooke, I had a follow-up question for you on this topic. Um, you know, I'm curious to know from a matchmaker's perspective, you probably meet a lot of people who, for better or worse, have a lot, are, are let's say picky, picky daters. I want to date someone who's this height with this kind of hair and, you know, this kind of job and all those kinds of the menu item of things. Do you think that this time that we're all sheltering in place that maybe it might get some of your clients to rethink their priorities, may, you know, maybe that they 
they th it's particularly you know that they want to mate at this time they want to partner at this time uh that maybe they're going to shift shift their point of view on the things that they're looking for in, in, a, in a relationship uh i think yes and no I mean, I wish that what you said was 100% true. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, uh, but, you know, it, it's, you know, people, especially men, I find like they, like I was before I got on this Zoom, I mean, this Facebook live, um, you know, I had a, a woman who was a, a, was not happy to just like, you know, it, it almost felt like it's almost like now the, the Zooms and the FaceTimes are quicker, you know, and so yeah. it's like, you know, there, there's that part of it. Uh, I do think, though, that where it's been interesting is people who maybe were not like so inclined to work with a matchmaker are like, wow, like I really need to do something now. Like I've been, you know, I have been very, very picky and I haven't made this a priority. I've, I've focused on on my work and this and, I'm, you know, and, and here I am like you know, I'm, I'm all alone and I don't know what's going to happen to the, you know, I'm it's scary. And, um, so I think, I think it's, it's kind of where I do think people are realizing that they, they, and I, I hope what, what, what the rabbi said about with nine 11, I, I believe that too. I think, yeah, weddings are going to be tough. I don't know how they're going to have the weddings, but I, I feel like people are going to want to get married. Are There are going to be like, uh, like financial crash babies. Like, I think all these things are uh, like, oh, wait, like I can say, my daughter happens to be one of them, I'm just saying. But like, I think that this is, I do think that this is going to really make people say, wow, I, family is so important. Like if I didn't have my family right now, right. oh my God. And I really, I think it is going to work to what the rabbi said about after, 9-11. That's my thoughts. I, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what I think will happen. Yeah. So regarding yeah. The, the list or it's more of a, I guess, reprioritizing as much as anything else. So that list then changes. Yes, hopefully it is shorter as well, but it's changing. I, the, the coronavirus kind of pandemic of forcing us inside and alone has almost time warped a lot of people years ahead of where they might have been otherwise of saying, okay, I have enough being single. So if they were at year one and rather being now in year two, you're already at year six or seven of being kind of fed up with it because you're not having the distractions of running around. And you realize, again, what's more important in life. And as Brooke just said about family, uh, they realize, okay, who are they going back to? They're going back to their parents. They're going back to their, their siblings. They're, they're realizing the connections there. And also the nephews, nieces, they realize kind of where everything is put down and really established in place for them. And that makes people then start reconsidering about what's really important, what's not. And the idea that a lot of times people have these long lists, as you call them, Benjamin, is they say, well, why should I quote unquote settle? And I think that's, it's a bad word to use settle. It's more about compromising about things that you feel okay to compromise about. Whether it's a big business deal, if someone goes into it and is not willing to compromise in a big business deal, majority of them would never happen because each side has to give a little bit. And so you make a multi-million dollar deal because you compromise. Does that mean you had a bad deal for yourself? Does that mean you can look back and be unhappy because you gave up on something that you thought was important within the deal? Well, hopefully not, because if you look at the bigger picture, in the case of a financial deal, you say, oh, wow, I got much more out of it. 
hopefully if you're compromising, not settling, but compromising on something that was really not so critical to a relationship, that later on you realize the benefits of being in that serious relationship, hopefully marriage later on when a family far outweighs the compromise you might have made in a very small area. I, by the way, if, not, if I can just jump in, I think that yeah. analogy of buying a building. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if that's a... Uh, no, but no, I actually, I agree. You know, MGE for years, we've been always looking for other space. But we have a beautiful space, the 10th and 11th floor of the Jewish Center. But I'm always dabbling. I'm always looking. And, and I, I know that the real estate brokers can always tell, you know, if you're serious or not. Because if you're serious about buying a building, then you start... You know, you don't pay attention to every problem issue here and there. You're like, I want to buy a building. I'm serious about a building, but I need to do it in a smart way. And I think dating is the same thing. This has nothing to do with Corona. But if a person really wants to get married and they're serious about it, then it's just a very, very different attitude when it comes to dating. It doesn't mean you throw out the list, but it probably means you tweak it so that the most important things are left. Because realistically, I want to be married and it's just not a real thing to do that if I've, if, if I keep pulling out something new every, 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 you know, six months. Right. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting analogy. Uh, along the same lines, does, I wonder if Corona creates a real possibility for an intense emotional connection because we're all intensely emotionally traumatized right now and we're all stressed and in crisis. So, you know, on one level, it's interesting. Corona creates this intense isolation but I wonder if perhaps it offers a possibility for intimacy that would have been harder to attain, you know, before Corona. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I notice even personally, there are certain friends or family members that I want to call more now than I did previously, uh, which, you know, they provide more comfort or they're, you know, I don't, so I think it kind of, could work with the same way. I think, you know, there's somebody that maybe you wouldn't have connected with before, but you, you feel like there's some, you're, you're connecting this way and, and you feel like they're providing you comfort during a really tough time. So I think, you know, that, that, that's definitely possible. Yeah. Again, um, without the, distra without the distractions, yeah. I think that's required. I mean, that's, that's what's going to, if not, it's going to end very quickly anyway, then. So either it's going to, you're going to get to a more serious point much faster or it's going to fizzle out very quickly online because without that meaningful conversation and without the meaningful uh, kind of progression, there's no way it's going to go to a second, third, fourth. Right. Uh, because you don't have that. Kind of, what was that, Benjamin? I'm sorry. I was like, we have a comment from somebody. They said, but is that a false intimacy when you meet someone new? And you kind of do this on, on Zoom I, I like think, that. I think it's the opposite. I think it's the opposite because there's a false intimacy if all of a sudden you're just, just purely basing your decision on a, a spark, a, a pilot that's lit because you're with someone physically, you're feeling that charge, and you're overlooking so many of the other things that at times are critical to a long-term relationship. Here, you're focused on those things. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to say that there is no physical attraction that's necessary but it's gonna allow you to identify the traits and characteristics that are important to you way beyond just the here and now of playing around, whether it's uh, you know, just trying to get to know somebody and, and bantering in a way that's really not getting down to who the essence is of the person. You're forced to do that here. So you're, you're getting to points that might not have been gotten to for three, six months. And then you'll be able to fill it in with the 
hopefully the nice intimate feelings later on when you do able to meet face to face. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, I think it's an excellent uh, point, Mark. And the question, I think it was Amanda Thurm that asked that. You know, uh, I remember when I was single on the West Side a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> my my, uh, my roommate at the time unfortunately got sick, and he had just started dating uh, a girl, a young woman. And their relationship um, got more serious, you know, in, more quickly. And, I, and at first I thought like, oh, that's not so, um, that's like a little artificial. Uh, is that real? But what it did was it filled in the gap what's often missing in dating. You see, you know, the Hebrew word for love, ahava, is rooted in the term hav, which means to give. And true love only happens when you're invested and you're giving of yourself. And Often dating doesn't really set up the right kind of environment for really giving and devoting. We all know, those of us married with kids, how much investment and devotion you have to give. And that's where the love comes from. Where is all the giving with dating? How much do you have to give when you date someone? And here you have a situation where people are feeling a sense of insecurity, a vulnerability, a sense of loneliness. There's more giving involved, and that can help develop and cultivate the relationship. And I don't think it's false. And I don't think it's, uh, it's unreal. You know, I'll, I'll just end with one other beautiful uh, Jewish teaching. The Ramban, the great Nachmanides wrote that the only time that there's a mitzvah midda'araita, that there's a biblical command to pray, is be'et tzara, at a time of distress. Mm. Now, you should always pray, but the Ramban says that there's a biblical command to pray when something goes wrong in life. Now, you could get very cynical. You say, oh, no atheists and foxholes. Of course you're praying. You need God. Right. But what does it show? It shows that when things come down to it, you really believe that there is a greater force out there that I need in my life. And that's really what's happening now. People are recognizing that we need to be with someone else. And being alone is right. just not, it's just not where it's at. And that's not false. And that is not artificial. That's actually a very, very real thing. One exception, and I do have students, unfortunately, who are really, you know, um, unfortunately not doing well. This has been a very, very painful period for a, a decent amount of people who are disconnected from their families and are alone. And some of them are really going through a, a rough time and, and need a little, you know, I would say therapy and, um, and to need to deal with some some uh, some real serious psychological issues, and I would not recommend those individuals to be dating uh, away. So I, you know, I think generally speaking, uh, I don't think it's a false sense of connection. I think it's actually beautiful, and I think it fills in some of the, what's missing uh, in, in terms of giving to other people when we date. But of course, there are some exceptions as well. I want to take a brief pause for one second. Let people. Um... Submit your questions in the comment section and hopefully we'll get to them. I just want to do a little little commercial. We teased this before uh, earlier tonight before we went live on the Manhattan Jewish Experience Facebook page. But there is a discount for those of you who are watching tonight who want to try out Saw You at Sinai. Uh, list, anyone who's watching tonight, if you go to sawyouatsinai.com and use the, the code MJE, Manhattan Jewish Experience, <laughs> MJE, um, you'll get a free month. And if you're already a current member, you'll get a free extra month. Uh, so check that out. Um, thank you, Mark Goldman, for, for making that uh, available to our, to our viewers. Um, we, we talked about, you know, you know, taking dating more seriously. 
none of us know when this is going to end and when life will get back to normal. Is it a month from now? Is it six months from now? Is it nine months from now? Um, should, should Is it okay to start these Zoom dating and you may not actually start in-person dating for months and months to come? So do you think it's still okay to start those relationships even though the actual in-person meeting may not happen or the, or the in-person interaction where you often learn a lot about people, you, you know, you learn what upsets them, you learn what, you know, all the little idiosyncrasies that you meet when you spend in-person time with someone. Are you creating this? I remember when I was single, um, many, many years ago, <laughs> I was dating a girl from uh, Canada and this was before long distance was, was ubiquitous and you had to pay like a dollar a minute or something. And I would spend, I would spend hours talking to her on the phone for a month and we developed this you know what i thought was a very meaningful relationship and we finally decided to meet halfway we went to new york and we met and after 10 minutes we knew it wasn't meant to be mm -hmm. uh and so basically i had spent like a, we both had spent like a month in this relationship that really didn't didn't go anywhere and so i'm wondering if if the same thing same question applies here when if we're doing all these zoom dates mm -hmm. at what point is it like okay we've been zoom dating for three months you know now what Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, go ahead, Brooke, you were going to say yeah, something. I would say, yeah, it's tricky. You really don't want to want to be zooming for too long because I think, um, I do think zooming is better than just emailing, texting or talking on the phone. I think it's a, definitely a step beyond that. Um, and I do think you could kind of gauge a baseline uh, chemistry and get a get somewhat of a sense for somebody you see them in their um environment apart you know like so i think you can get more but then it is like a long distance thing if you keep building this up building this up and then you meet and then it's like it's disappointment right. so i think if you if you've acknowledged that there's something there over i don't know two three zooms maybe even less and you um feel like you they're when they're talking to you about how they're dealing with corona they're they're being very much in on in the same space as you are where they haven't been very much they they haven't been on the subway they haven't been all over the place you feel comfortable that they're wearing masks they're like you know you you don't feel like they're in in they're on the same you know page as you then i think you can set up a you know i know a couple that they they first went and they did a rollerblading date, you know, outside or, you know, they, I think you want to move to that. And it's actually for this case, it, it, that was a good date. And they've now they're seeing each other, you know, in his apartment and they're, you know, they're there. I wouldn't call them exclusive, but they're dating, you know, I know I, they are exclusive. They are exclusive. Cause I think that's also a very tricky thing because you don't want to be dating somebody and then, they're dating other people and you don't know what's, you know, especially in this environment. So that's very tricky. But I, my, what I, before I went on my tangent, I was just trying to say that you don't want the zooms to go too long because there will be, you know, a, a big buildup and you don't want, then you meet and it falls flat. I mean, I, I would just jump on. Thank you, Brooke. Um, I, I'm speaking totally theoretically. I don't know if this, what I'm about to share will be born out in the world of actual reality. But from a pure Torah perspective, 
you know, we believe, and one of the most important criteria for a marriage is physical attraction. Mm -hmm. And as long as you, I mean, I don't know how my co-panelists feel or anyone listening to this, can you get enough of a sense of physical attraction without having to actually be in the same room? Because we don't believe from a pure Torah perspective that physical intimacy is necessary in order uh, for one to know whether or not um, one is compatible with another person for marriage. We believe in physical attraction, but sexual compatibility we leave for after the marriage, of course, traditionally speaking, as a way not of a gauge to determine whether this is the right person or not. That's attraction. But physical intimacy is really a way to build the relationship once the commitment has been made. I got a lot of Torah and a lot of shiurim on this that so you can listen another time. But I'm just thinking if that's the Torah perspective, sort of the pure Torah perspective, that what we do need is physical attraction, but we don't need physical intimacy, then why can't we? I'm just throwing it out there. Why can't the couple continue to date on Zoom and that be enough? Um, assuming well, that, I, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Um, yeah, I think that although from a Torah ideal that might work, the reality is that people's mindsets are so far away from that, that to get from where they are today to the Torah mindset and say, okay, we're gonna jump all the way over to the Torah says the best way to do it from where we are today would be a very, very big jump. Mm -hmm. I think the coronavirus situation has caused at least a migration to be closer to where the Torah value is, where you're forced to not decide first, is there a sexual attraction? And then, oh, by the way, is there also other attractions as well? We're being forced into that today. But the, uh, I guess the spark that sometimes people feel they need today would have to start to be there before people would say, oh, this is, this is so different in a negative way from the feelings I've had with people that I had a good, a good attraction to. I think it would be hard to, as Brooke was saying, to not progress to the uh, meeting face-to-face -face situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're quickly then making up lost time that, okay, now we're a month into relationship, let's get a month into relationship where we are from a physical standpoint. It just means that you want to see, is there that spark when you are meeting face-to-face? -face? Yeah, I, I think that's a point very well taken, very well said. Um, and I don't know if when the Gemara says that you're not supposed to marry someone unless you first see them, <laughs> okay? Does, because I, I think the implication is, is that you need to be attracted. Can you, yeah. is it enough to see them like we're seeing each other now? Or do you really need to be in the same room? Traditionally, even for the Hasidic world, it means to be in the same room. I'm just sort of playing it out, you know, it, ideologically, but I guess on a very practical level where most people are, it's just not realistic. You know, um, I just think it's so interesting, though, because that that distinction between physical attraction and sexual compatibility is something that I've, I've made over the years. And, and I realize that most of the world is, is, is just not living that kind of life, but it, it is sort of a Torah ideal to think about a little. Um, I just want to take it one more. We took a commercial for Soyotsana. I want to now take a commercial for if those of you who want to get in touch with Brooke uh, to discuss anything related to dating or matchmaking, her website is wisematchmaking.com. Thank you. Wisematchmaking.com. It's a and smart choice. <laughs> in the in your sign and it'll it'll carry weight. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Brooke, we, we, Brooke, we should talk also. I got a couple of customers for you. Oh, okay, great. But I don't have a, a coupon or anything. But, uh, but yeah, but I think, but no, I think it's, I, I love what you said, Rabbi, about Ahava, because I'm, I, when I, I went to Israel for the first time, actually, last year. And um, that was what stuck with me so much was what I went with a group, a momentum group, and they spoke about Ahava and how it means, how the root of love means to give and how, you know, when you think about like the love you give for your children and, and just, and I, and I think about that a lot with just relationships. It's like, you know, you love so much to someone that you are giving to. And, and uh, I think in this, in this environment that I, I haven't thought of it again, but it is very, you know, it's very powerful. Yeah. I think if you feel like, you know, you're really comforting or giving to somebody in this time, I think it is a real bond. I don't think it's a superficial bond. Do you, I'm curious, um, am I allowed to ask Brooke a question or am I stepping on yeah. your toes? Man? <laughs> no, you go for it. Now, do, do you, um, is there anything you can suggest to couples um, or just people who are just starting to date um, that, that could help fill that in a little, you know, I've said to people over the years, you know, after you're going out a few times, I've said this to a number of men, yeah. why don't you buy her something? I know it sounds a little artificial, but yeah. just, to, just to invest yourself a little more. If you have any ideas, I just find that that is helpful. It helps sometimes move the relationship forward a little. Yeah, well, um, I agree with Mark on the on the wine. Like, I think that that's a nice, a nice thing to do, especially right now, and to have maybe maybe you send her a bottle of wine. She tells you what she likes. You, you know, show that you you're thoughtful and you set, I think a huge thing is listening. I think if you just pick up on something she mentions that she likes or that um, is important to her, or, and then you just like, like she likes to run or something and, and you then, Oh, you know, I should, maybe get her not a Peloton, but maybe it's a Peloton app or something like that, or just something that you're thinking that it shows her that you listened to something that she said and thought of a way to, you know, I, cause I always think that that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a victim of that as well. It's like whenever I, I talk to somebody, a client or, or someone, and I'm talking more than they are, I know that's not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I think, you, you know, it's really about active listening, not just like listening and, and it going here. So, um, right. so I think that's what I think would really move, move things along being thoughtful and, and actually listening and to things that she's interested in and, and doing a little research and, and sending her something and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have, it just a little, little gesture could go a long way. Thank you. Uh, we've had a bunch of people ask a similar question. Um, we, we've talked a lot about Zoom dating. How do you actually meet someone to, to Zoom with? There's a lot of, you know, strangers out there. And I know there's actually, there's been a lot of um, Jewish, there's been a lot of Facebook groups that have started for singles in the, in the age of Corona while they're in quarantine. How do you meet someone who's going to be good for you to Zoom with? So we actually, one of the things we did uh, right after uh, Passover, we actually started running them right through the site. And we did that through the matchmakers because matchmakers are able to facilitate those Zoom dating process. And it's not one-on-one -on -one Zoom dating the way we're doing it. We're doing actually groups. And that way, um, the, ma the matchmakers now become facilitators within those rooms. 
ensuring that, that usually there are about mm -hmm. 10 people in there, five men, five women, and facilitate to make sure everyone has a chance to say something, introduce themselves. They usually keep the calls around 40 or 45 minutes. They are from a very, very high level. They're trying to uh, just look on, on paper who might be most compatible with each other. So they're also doing some pre-selecting there as well. And they've been going on, we actually have about four events a week that go on through two partners as well as numerous matchmakers, uh, various age ranges. Uh, sometimes they do West Coast based, sometimes they do East Coast based. They've decided not to be purely New York centric because one of the things we're saying is open up your horizons a little bit to see if that perfect person might have been more than two miles away from you. So uh, we've been running them and trying to have filtered processes and then give feedback uh, to the matchmakers and to see if uh, there is a good compatibility. We're also doing that as well because that way, if it happens to be that you see some of the people uh, on, on the call with you who you might have been interested in, but you fear that they are in maybe your circles going back and forth, you can then give the feedback right online to the matchmakers. And then the matchmakers kind of see as their mutual interest rather than putting yourself in an awkward situation once you are back out again that you don't have to have said no when the other person clearly had said yes yes to you. So uh, we are setting those up. We're kind of running those and trying to run those uh, hopefully efficiently and quite often. We probably have about 200 people a week coming through the Zoom uh, groups that we've been setting up. So Mark, if I can just ask, because I want to give encouragement to a lot of our listeners, because a lot of people are feeling good. They've met someone. A lot of people yeah. are feeling more alone than ever. So if they sign up for Soyo at Sinai, I mean, in other words, they'll have access not only to um, you know, maybe getting fixed up through one of the volunteer matchmakers, but but getting into one of these, uh, you know, th these sort of Zoom rooms or whatever we're calling them. Is, is that correct? Cor cor correct. I mean, the, the, thank God the backlog actually now is is pretty big, but we will, we're constantly running. We're literally going through about 200 people a week in Zoom rooms because there's wow. been such an overwhelming demand for them. So uh, they have been going on, and now we're in the process of trying to train more matchmakers to be facilitators within these events because there's such high demand. We're now training matchmakers in Israel, training matchmakers in the West Coast. We want to get more matchmakers here on the East Coast as well because there's such high demand to be able to do that. And we have not gone, the advertising has not gone beyond Soy with Sinai and its affiliated sites. We have not advertised anywhere, but word gets out extremely fast. And so we hope to continue to be able to do this and uh, allow people on the site to be able to participate in these events. And and just to make it clear to everyone, um, because most of MGE, the MGE sort of world, a lot of people tuning in now are not necessarily um, orthodox or see themselves as orthodox. If you can just speak to that a little, because we want to really provide a platform for all Jewish people. So we, we have we have events across the board. We have events from not Shomer Shabbat, not, not uh, being Sabbath observant today, to all the way Lakewood Yeshivish and everything in between. Uh, most of the people are in their 30s. That's probably the key age range that most of the events have been run. Uh, but the, the as far as religious kind of observance, it really varies across the entire board. We had different events depending on uh, depending on what what that matchmaker wants to run. We have certain matchmakers that specifically focus on the uh, people that are not the Sabbath observant today. And that's who their group is that they always focus on. And those are the ones actually we're doing more training on right now, uh, as well as on the West Coast, where the uh, span of people who they're willing to date is much greater. It's not necessarily purely people that are Sabbath observant, maybe they're more conservative, et cetera. There are actually more events we're trying to set up on the West Coast as well. So yes, uh, we are able to service 
the entire kind of audience I think you have in participating in uh, MJU today. Thank you, thank you. Wait. We've been talking a lot about dating, and obviously this is a dating panel, but I just want to, just for a minute or two, talk about the flip side. Brooke, you and I were talking the other day, and you brought up something really interesting, that there's a lot of like the opposite situation going on. There are people maybe who want to break up, but they're sticking together because they don't want to be alone at this time. Or and on a different level, you have people maybe who are want to get divorced, but they can't get divorced because the courts are closed or because it's expensive and people are people don't have money nowadays. Like, What's right. uh, what, what's what's tell us about that? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Either people are getting serious and then they go into quarantine and it means they're going to. Sorry, I have my daughter walk in while I'm talking to you um, where um, then it gets more serious. They're like and they're like, this is great. I, I'm enjoying being with this person. And this is the the craziest experience. But if we're happy together now, I mean, this is right. this lot or there's the flip side where i see it more i think it, un unfortunately with married couples that have kids where the maybe the husband really was never at home well he was home but he worked right. a pretty traditional job um and now he's forced to work from home and he's home a lot and it's it's you know it's brought the dynamics some have changed it brought some issues that were probably always there, but yeah. really magnified it. And, um, and because of this whole, like, yeah. you know, you have to, life is short. People are, are wanting to get divorced. So, um, so I think that that's, that is the other side of it. Um, is that, you know, you're, you're spending a lot more time, um, with, with your spouse in a, in a, if you're in a Manhattan apartment in close quarters, um, and then you have, uh, you know, the stress of, of work and what's going on and the kids being homeschooled and, and it's just a lot, you know, it's yeah. a lot and it's a lot on the women who, you know, they're especially generation X women have it really hard because not only they have careers and they're having to kind of cool that off a little bit to homeschool their kids. Then their parents are older. They can't see their parents. So that, that I've seen a lot of literature on, on how hard and it's, it's, and we're pretty modern world, but a lot's falling on the, on the woman, you know, mm -hmm. to really hold everything up. And it's, it's, it's too much. Yeah. Rabbi Wilds on the, on the flip side, you've actually officiated at a couple weddings during this strange time. Why do you feel it's, it's important uh, for people to not maybe not push it off, but to, but to instead get, actually get married during this time. Yeah, I mean, I just did a wedding yesterday in the backyard in Great Neck. Mazel tov to Noah and Natasha. It was a beautiful wedding. Awesome. I, did another, nice. I did another wedding in uh, in uh, Scarsdale in the backyard. In Scar a lot of backyard weddings. I'll tell you something really. <laughs> it's <sweet>. inexpensive. <laughs> uh, it's very save a lot of money. Um, you know and. Um, it was really sweet yesterday. There's been uh, interesting halachic literature coming out as to whether or not um, you can do the wedding without a minion. Uh, Rav Schechter, great posek of our generation, ruled that you can, in fact, marry a couple without a minion. You just have to skip, unfortunately, the Sheva Brachot, the seven special blessings. But the wedding I did yesterday, so we had about seven or eight people in total to the wedding. But the next-door neighbors... <laughs> <laughs> they got on chairs so they could see over the shrubs and be mitzarif and be included in the minion. 
which was also interesting because we were all Ashkenazim in the middle and it was a great neck. So we had a lot of Persians coming in nah, 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 from the outside. This is pretty cool. Um, I, listen, I said to both couples and I have another couple I'm doing soon, please God. And I gave them a blessing and I'm giving everyone out there a blessing that if you continue with your wedding during this period of time, what it demonstrates is that you are more interested in what's really, what really a marriage is about which is building a Jewish home, then you are in all right. the niceties and what we call in Hebrew, the gashmias, you know, of having hundreds of people, hem and haw, and the caterer and the this and the that. And it just, it, right. it's so pure and sweet, you know? It, and, and I'll tell you, it's not nearly as wonderful. We're all wearing masks. We're six, part, we're six feet away from each other. Um, Brooke, that was my 22, my 23 year old son who just came into the room. To grab his I computer. We, I think I'm we like, lost Brooke again. For a what did he just take from me? I don't even know what just happened. But um, I just think it, it demonstrates what marriage is really about, which is building a, a home, giving to another human being, and getting beyond ourselves. Um, and uh, you have to give up something because it's, it's, it's not as nice. Uh, my, my son, who just came in and pulled the computer away from me, uh, plays guitar and he came and he sang and he was the second witness and we really made nice. it beautiful and they're nice. married and they're married so i encourage people to do it uh, i understand when people want to want to you know had another couple and they they basically put off their wedding for a year <laughs> okay and i i'm not into that i think that's a mistake i understand why they did it they want to make sure that they can have the craziest wedding they always wanted to have and that's important to them and I, I don't sit in judgment, but, you know, to push off creating a family and, and, and living the, the best possible life now, you know, which we think marriage is really integral for, I think is a mistake. So I really applaud couples that get married now. And I just want to mention this is very important for the record to follow social distancing, masks six feet away. Um, it's extremely important that um, we're part of the solution and not part of the problem. So if you're going to get married, um, make sure that you follow all the procedures. And the nicest thing is you get to go home with your wife or husband, which is really the whole point of the thing anyway. So why not do it now? That's my right. feeling. A uh, quick question from a, from a commenter for Mark Goldman. Uh, for, those of, for those people on Sayyot Sinai, where do they sign up for those Zoom rooms? Uh, I'll give you, a, I can give you guys a link afterwards. You can forward around to you. Okay. participants. That's the best way to do it. Uh, I'll send you a link okay. right after this and uh, either you can send it around to the group that was on here or send it out. That'll be the quickest way. Because otherwise, you. try so directly have, to the site without having a site in front of the mic. Challenging. Uh, we have a question from Rachel. She asks, Could you, can you give some ideas to make Zoom dates more meaningful? Who wants to try to? Well, I mentioned one thing before and then maybe Brooke and, and Mark, if you want to jump in, um, my wife was speaking to uh, a woman from our fellowships program, and I, I mentioned very briefly, and I put this in my blog, that she um, was sent dinner by the guy. I'm not right. saying it has to be the guy to send the dinner. The woman can send the dinner to the guy. The guy can send it to the woman, whatever you like. Uh, I think that makes it more meaningful because you have dinner coming and you eat it together at the same time. You've got an investment. You're doing something. You can comment on the food. Another thing is you might print out. I know this sounds a little uh, nerdy. But you can print out an interesting article um, and read it in advance. It could be like a little book club thing. 
Sometimes you need a little distraction, uh, or you can do bingo online. Uh, MG has had a yeah, lot games. of special stuff online. You can do a game, yeah. uh, or yeah. your favorite Netflix film. I mean, if I was dating now, I'd be going through every Rocky. I'm a sick Rocky guy. I would send the Rocky, and the girl will hate it, and we break up probably in the middle of the first Zoom date, but whatever. You know, you can just, <laughs> I would say movies, articles, um, dinner. I don't know if you guys yeah. have any other ideas. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the dinner, uh, maybe wine tasting, uh, that, that's kind of an easy thing to do. Um, and you could, you know, maybe get creative and talk about it and maybe number them and not, or something creative like that way. Uh, I think, you know, Netflix, sure. Like if, if you find out she's into a series and you're into a series, you can, uh, somewhat binge watch it together i don't know just throwing it out there watch a couple of episodes together and talk about it or um but yeah i think i think you make it more meaningful by putting effort into it uh and preparing and 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 making it fun and and you have to be obviously like you have to really uh go outside the box with this because it's, it's a different time but there are positives it's it's obviously less expensive. Um, you're not going to mess up on a restaurant or pick a place that's too loud or, you know, have trouble getting in or wait. So there are positives for sure. I, I think the commonality that was just mentioned here is finding something that stimulates you personally, whether it's an activity or a book or a band, whatever else it might be, and seeing how that other person reacts towards that. That way you are beginning to understand what really excites that other person. Mm -hmm. And you can see if the person is a, as Rabbi, you call them a nerd and they like Star Trek or, <laughs> or they like Star Wars or something else. And that's something they, they really much, very much like. And the other person, can they tolerate it? Is it okay? Is it not? How do they react to, the, to even the concepts you're discussing? Are they way off in, in left field or in outer space? Literally, that you can't be, you can't understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Also, or if Zuri, do they play the guitar like your son does? And is that something that you can discuss about music and how meaningful that is to them as well? I think also though, setting the expectations of the format of the call can also allow it to be a little bit easier for you. So if you know you're having dinner, well, then you're not gonna have dinner beforehand, whether it's sent to you or not. And that's the format. If you're watching a movie together and that's the expectation beforehand, then you can find out a little bit about the series. If the other person is very much into it and re-watching it again to see your kind of uh, reactions, then maybe you can see what was commented online in a blog about the series mm -hmm. and just see if there's something to discuss. So a little bit of homework definitely goes a long way, but also bringing forth your personality and seeing what's important to you and seeing how that can be used online would definitely make it much more meaningful. Maya says we should them. I don't know if you want me to serenade yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking like people are more into fitness now. I don't yeah. think you could do like a workout. <laughs> I don't think that would work out. You know, pun intended. I don't think it would work out. You know. So. Oh, here's a good idea. Maya has a guy. You can both cook the same meal. Yeah. That's pretty clever. I, I think what we're all saying is you really have to, this Zoom dating or whatever you want to call it is really making everybody have to think outside the box and, and be more creative. Yeah. But be creative um, in a way so of bringing in something that's meaningful to you because that, again, that allows it to progress in a real way. 
if you are able to, if you are a good cook or you enjoy cooking, even if you're a bad cook, well, okay, you can do that together and laugh about how awful you are. But at least yeah. you're doing something that's that's uh, kind of kind of important to you. There's uh, definitely less use, pressure yeah. on on messing this up. I think there's a lot yeah. less. Pressure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to use this talking point about cooking to give a plug. The MJE has a a cooking show on Facebook Live. So if you go to Manhattan Jewish Experiences uh, Facebook page, click on events, you'll see all the times when when the uh, the cooking show. Uh, is on and you can they, they teach you how to cook something and you can cook along at home while we're doing advertisements uh, I want to remind everybody saw you at Sinai.com. You can get a free month discount code MJE and if you want to uh, Connect with Brooke about any matchmaking for yourself for your siblings for friends <laughs> uh, You can contact her at wisematchmaking.com. and Rabbi Wilds fans can see Rabbi Wilds every afternoon at 1230, he does an amazing lunch and learn. So uh, check that out as well. Uh, so we just got a few minutes left. I just kind of want to want to close out here. If each of you can just maybe offer some, hopefully glasses half full, words of optimism, thoughts, words of hope uh, that you can offer people who are in the dating world these days. Uh, Brooke, would you want to start us off? Sure. I, I do think that yeah, there are some positives. I, I, I think obviously no one asked for this to happen. No one could have predicted this in their wildest dreams. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it really is, you know, we don't have to go there. But anyways, um, but I think the, the positives are I do think people are, are going to refine that list a bit and realize, you know, what's the mo what are the priorities here? What are most important? And um, and being alone and and during this time is, is going to make a lot more people want to, you know, to, to change that. And I think that that's a, a very good thing if you're a single person, you know, right now, um, versus if this didn't happen. So I think that is a positive. I think, um, this zoom dating is, is forcing people to move away from just small talk. That's not so meaningful into more of a meaningful conversation and dialogue. And then I think that can lead to, you know, you becoming serious with someone, even though this does not seem like it would lend itself to that. I do think it can work to your benefit. I think if you're just, if you had just started a relationship leading into this, I think um, it can, it can progress quicker because this has happened. Um, so I do think, you know, even though it's a very tough time and, um, you know, no one wants to be alone during a time like this, I think there are a lot of positive things that can happen and you just have to, um, you know, put, put the effort in and, and I think that, you know, do the work if you will. And I think that good things will, will happen. Yeah. Mark Goldman. In general, we are really hotwired to either fight or flight when we're encountering a difficult situation. And it's no different here in all the obstacles that we're really encountering today. And your choice here is you can go into a cocoon as far as your dating is concerned, which is not healthy. It's, uh, you know, going to delay you getting towards your goal. Or you could approach it the way any difficult situation could be, which is it might be tough, but it also is going to change things and could change things in a positive way that you never would have been considered otherwise. 
Some people might have been looking only for a few months, other people for a few years or more than a few years for a spouse. And whether it hasn't been working for a month, a year, or more than that, now you're being forced to change it and try something new. So if you go ahead and fight the situation, and here the analogy we're fighting would be saying, okay, I'm gonna change the way I'm doing things. It's not what I wanted. As Brooke pointed out, no one wanted this. No one wanted to be in this situation. But since I am, let me try something new that I never would have considered otherwise. So take the opportunity during this times to try something new and see if it works for you. For some people, Zoom dating might be a way to continue meeting way beyond the coronavirus. They might find that format works very nicely for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I see you smiling, Ben Yaman. We've had a lot of feedback actually about that, that yeah. it's a quick way to meet some people and especially after the coronavirus, then we can go out on a date soon afterwards. So it's a nice marriaging of that, of that situation of finding somebody online, getting to know them a little bit quickly, and then saying, okay, now let's go out and meet. So you can approach a difficult situation and try to meet that challenge and go forward. And uh, for those of you that have watched any part of the Michael Jordan series, you, you've seen that uh, he had his challenges, he forced things, he doesn't like to back off. He tries to overcome situations. And I think that's true in all challenges in life, whether it's in your love life, whether it's in other areas, your professional life, you're always going to, unfortunately, that's just part of life, encounter challenging situations. And how you react to that can be positively in trying something new that you didn't want to otherwise, or shying away and and saying, woe is me, and what am I going to do? So hopefully we go here, go for the first option, which is go out there, try something new, and see if that new way actually works better for you. Rabbi Wilds, what words of wisdom can you leave well, us? Well, I don't. Tonight? I just heard a lot of words of wisdom right there from both of <laughs> uh, I, I um, I just there's one fundamental question that we we need to figure out by the time this thing is over, because once this whole thing dies down, please God, as soon as possible, and we get back to some kind of normative lifestyle, we're going to ask ourselves, how are we any different? How did this change us? Did it change us for the better or did it push us back? And uh, I don't think I'm saying anything new, but this is one of the most important questions. As Rabbi Soloveitchik, one of the great luminaries of the 20th century, used to say, a Jew never asks why something bad happens. A Jew always asks what. What can I learn? How can I grow from it somehow? And we're going to ask ourselves, how did we grow from the situation? Did we stay the same? If we never prayed before, are we figuring out a way of involving some prayers? If we never observed Shabbat, are we starting to keep a little Shabbat now? If we were not as serious about our dating or we rely too much on other factors, are we taking the opportunity right now when we're done? Saw you at Sinai, call Brooke up or Another dating website, no offense, Mark, or another great matchmaker, no offense, Brooke, but to say that I can't really move on until I find out who that person is and what am I going to do? Because as daunting as dating is and as more daunting as it appears it's gotten, you still only need one person. And we need mazel and we need bracha to find that one person, but it all starts with us. How badly do we want it? And if we want it, we will be laser focused to try as best as we can to pursue in a smart and strategic way to find the right kind of individual so we can start giving and building something 
beyond ourselves. One of the reasons really we asked Brooke and Mark to come on, you guys hear from me all the time, is to plant a seed that maybe if I'm not meeting the right people, here's a website, here's a matchmaker, other websites, other matchmakers, don't give up. Dating is difficult, it just got harder, but it's still one of the most important things for us to tackle and to emerge from this point, from, from, from this episode, from this challenging crisis, and to say, I grew from this time. I'm a better human being, I'm a better Jew, and I got closer to finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright to be able to become ultimately the best version of myself. And I used the period, the pandemic, to grow and to develop myself. And that's my blessing to all of us listening. I want and, and really to thank my co-panelists for joining us and planting these seeds and giving us these ideas with a Zoom dating, whatever it is we've been discussing, that we should all have Hashem's blessing and we should all be Zoha, each of us merit to find that special someone and to not wait till this is over and to do it right now because it's so important and so precious. Beautiful, beautiful. So I want to just th thank everyone for, uh, for tuning in tonight. I want to thank Brooke Wise of Wise Matchmaking, Mark yep. Goldman of uh, SawYouAtSinai.com, and Rabbi Mark Wild. Thank you for inviting, of the, thank you for inviting us. Thank you for inviting us. experience. Thank you all for coming. Hope everyone had a good time. Hopefully, maybe, uh, maybe we'll see what the response is. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Okay. Thank you very much. Don't thank forget to count the Omer. And uh, hope everybody uh, ha has, has a good night. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Such a Bye. pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So thank, you. thank you, Benjamin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for hosting, Benjamin. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wildscast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store. It only takes a minute, and when you do, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wilds. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.